Hi everyone, this is just a very quick pre-episode announcement, wishing you all a happy new year in 2021, uh, and just to say a big thank you for listening to the show over the past year. Uh, in December just gone, I released the first birthday episode of the Portsmouth Running Podcast, which was a, a pretty awesome milestone to reach, uh, and just wanted to let you know that by listening and sharing the show with everyone, you are supporting it, so thank you all so much for that. Also, a big thanks to all my guests, and in particular... Uh, our featured guests who have shared their running stories with us all over the past year. The stories of our local runners is what the show is all about, um, and obviously without them there wouldn't be any content at all, so, so thank you so much to all my guests and special guests for each show. And finally, a big thanks to my good friend and co-host David Harvey for helping me with all the shows um, and adding some great entertainment along the way too. It's been fantastic, so thanks Dave. Uh, just to let you all know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we have our own website and email account where people can get in touch and interact. Um, I appreciate all feedback of any kind, um, including suggestions for any future guests to have on the show. We're also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. Plus, you can listen to and download any of the episodes from the website as well. So you can pretty much get the show content however you choose. Anyhow, enough from me. Let's head straight into the first episode of 2021. Happy miles, everyone. Hello, listeners. Happy New Year to you all, and welcome back to the Portsmouth Running Podcast 2021. If this is your first time listening, then thank you for doing so, and we hope that you enjoy all the content that we have lined up for you over the coming months. Um, as always, I'm joined uh, by the bravest and most hardcore runners I know, the one and only... Uh, David Harvey. I, I think that you're being far too nice there, that I'm brave and hardcore. I think generally stupid, I think, is the right thing. <laughs> well, there's, there's one reason why I called you the, the brave and hardcore, and, and I think you know you know the reason, um, and that's because of your, your insane uh, races that you have lined up for this year. But um, <laughs> yeah. um, happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and also, um, that, that's obviously good news and stuff but some very sad news um and this episode is going to be dedicated to to Biffy the cat who um yeah. has sadly well, now left us yeah so we literally just got back from the vet sadly because <laughs> uh Biffy was unwell and um, he's been unwell for ages though but yeah you know one thing comes to another doesn't it sometimes with pets and we said goodbye to him god bless him it was a lovely cat really cute oh, yeah yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll be missed and I've got a few you know I've got a few pictures of Biffy and, and a few little kind of clips of him walking around your kitchen I think so I'll uh, I'll definitely go off tonight and just have just have a last a last little minute to look at those and stuff but the show is dedicated to Biffy so to you Biffy wherever yeah. you may be I'll, I'll um I'll, I'll cheers with my beer there cheers Biff. yeah cheers <laughs> so listen how, how was how was your guys Christmas break different um obviously because of uh, the whole Covid thing it was you know, like the, the government said one thing and then they, they changed their minds, obviously, because of the, the new data. But um, <clears throat> so we stayed at home and really chilled out and ate lots of food, drunk lots of alcohol, uh, did a little bit of running. Um, yeah, it was it was really relaxing. How about yours? Yes. Yeah, pretty much the same same thing, really. Just that, that kind of last minute change kind of really threw things up in the air for us. But um, to be fair, I think what we kind of had planned was pretty much what we did anyway so it was a very quiet one um you know just sticking within our own bubble and yeah it was just really quiet i think there were quite a few days where i felt like really ill i think i consumed two boxes of after eight mints entirely to myself 
um <laughs> and that didn't make me feel too good for a few days while i was out running but um i think now now that's kind of cleared from the system and flushed i think so that's good uh, that's quite impressive amount of uh after eight um do you know what i got to the point where i think i got to christmas day yeah. and i was up with drinking by christmas day and then um <laughs> just because i don't know i, I, I get a bit excited about christmas and i think it's great fun so yeah I had gone up to the merchant wine house in petersfield and was like oh this looks nice this looks nice and we bought like a whole box of wine like six bottles which um which was nice but had also ordered six bottles of wine from a local wine dealer in South Sea, <laughs> so, um, who are brilliant, actually. I mean, if anyone listens and likes a drop of red or white wine or, you know, yep. or anything like that, Supper Wines are the ones to go to because their Bill is brilliant. He, he knows so much about wine. And actually, yeah. we, we went to a few nights of theirs at Hunter Gatherer Coffee, try out six different wines whilst you eat some tapas. And then that Bill sounds really nice. Yeah, each different wine. So we ordered a box of those as well. And it turned out that half of them were named after like metal songs. Oh, no way. Did they do that especially for you or did it just turn out like that? No, it just turned out like that. So that's, they got delivered in a box um, that was uh, had amp- looked like an amplifier. And then one of the wines was after an ACDC song. Um, one of them was after a Rolling Stones song. So I was like... Mm. Yeah, it was Highway to Hell and Sympathy for the Devil, wasn't it? <laughs> ah, brilliant. That's amazing. <laughs> just ma- made just for you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but so, now it's one, aren't we? So, <clears throat> New yeah, Year. Yeah, it's a New Year. But uh, I think since we were caught up as well, there was um, obviously the uh, Portsmouth Coastal Marathon, which you would have come down for, but you couldn't because of obviously those last minute kind of changes. But for, for those who don't know, I basically made up some some numbers um, <laughs> for us, which we were, we were going to use. And we called that marathon the Screw You 2020 Marathon. Uh, <laughs> and Jason and I did it in, in Portsmouth and yourself and Heather, who I thought retired from long distance running, but is, is running really well still, um, did the was at the Sunderton Lane Marathon, which was just basically yeah. out and backs for the entire marathon. Yeah. So, um Obviously, it's now called that. That was the first annual Sunderton Lane Marathon. Oh, okay, cool uh, tradition. So it's now tradition, and we did. It's a half mile piece of road that with a lots of houses on one side, and the other side is just fields. So it's right outside our house, so we had the opportunity to sort of like jump in the house and have go to the toilet and stuff like that if we needed to. Yeah. Um, but it was great fun. So I've got an idea for next year or this year <laughs> cool. to do it with more people and have an aid station from our front garden <laughs> brilliant man that sounds really good <laughs> but it's, it sounds like you guys had you had rob pickett out on the course didn't you giving out medals and stuff like that so i was completely gutted because it's only christmas when you do the pompey marathon yeah it was it, it was amazing actually we we were out on the route and to be fair like i didn't see as many runners um out doing the marathon that day as i thought i would but i i believe people kind of did it through that through that weekend um mm-hmm. obviously we saw dave Poole, um stuart bincham and and alex doing the marathon yeah. uh, the day before um mm-hmm. and yeah no it, it, it was good we saw rob on on course and he was kind of like had a sack with him and he just kind of threw us a medal each which was great so yeah it was just good you know and like you say it just kind of ends off the year nicely and kind of gets you ready for christmas but it was also it was also nice actually over christmas dave i know you and i have kind of been been trying on these these new skins compression tights 
which we, we we got a pair of each um i think it's their new series three skins compression and i was keen to kind of chat to you and find out how how you'd got on like over over the last few weeks with them i'll go ahead and say that i only ever wear skins and stuff when it's cold and i would never wear them for any other reason other than to stop me from dying okay um, <laughs> and i have a pair of skins i think they're called a300s which oh, are yeah. very these um that i've worn maybe half a dozen of t- times when it's been snowing or they've been uh, rolled up into a ball and thrown into my pack okay um, to it's like an uh, emergency pair of clothing yeah type thing yeah yeah, yeah. um so I, i'm not a natural leggings wearer or tights wearer so i should probably say that first and foremost yeah, yeah that's fair I enough actually going to be a bit more biased towards just wearing a pair of shorts they, did you find them comfortable <laughs> I did. They they were very comfortable. They've got like this nice bit of um, I don't know the the kind of seaming around like the thighs and stuff. It kind of contours to your IT band and stuff, doesn't it? And then there's yeah. a little bit less fabric around your knee, so it feels like there's not quite as much um, pressure around around that joint, which yep. I think is probably quite helpful. But they they sort of do what the original a300s did and for me i don't know if it's because the shape of my bum or not but they just naturally kind of like slip down a little bit okay all right but do you know what when you put them on it is like your legs are being hugged aren't they it's like a big <laughs> love hug yeah I, I i i think that as well yeah it was it was kind of that's i think that's how i initially described them it was like like your legs reach getting a getting a nice cuddle by something nice and warm but Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's interesting you say that about the the slipping down. I I felt a little bit as well. I don't know whether it's just the sizing, but I think they're probably meant to do that. About that, it did yeah. sometimes feel like they were slipping down because there's there's not a lot to them at the top. I mean, they tie nicely. If you tie them up nice and nice and tight, yeah. they're okay. Um, mm. but I, but I myself, like generally, I, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan already. Um, I'd never worn compression before, apart from uh, a really kind of like baggy loose pair of I think carry mores or something that somebody got me once for Christmas. Yeah. Um which I thought was compression and compared to these, they, they, they just were not. Um, yeah. yeah. From, from kind of putting them on, I think for the, it took me a little while to get used to the feel of them. Um, I think like you, similarly, I've, I've always been kind of wearing shorts generally, unless it's like something a little bit baggier over my legs for the night section of a run. But mm. um, I think I felt, what I felt certainly after a, after a few quality sessions and certainly like maybe a week and a half of running was a, a lot better recovery from myself and able to push, yeah some of the harder sessions a little bit more so yeah. um and, and i was wearing them uh yeah. you know for those sessions and feeling a lot of spring in my step a lot more kind yeah. of like the movement of my legs the, the you know especially when I'm, when I'm doing faster sessions in particular was felt aided so it almost yeah. felt like i wasn't having to do as much work there was something on the leg that was making it feel quite spring loaded um yeah. and i think that kind of helped towards me feeling less fatigued uh yeah over the other days but but I, yeah i i really like them and i think i'm always gonna gonna use yeah. a pair um i think for those certainly for some of the longer runs i'm gonna i'm gonna give them a try this year brilliant brilliant i mean they, they are obviously they're, they're quality because they, they feel like they're made really well mm. um and i know we spoke about this morning when we we're out in a little jog along the seafront that um you felt that it did give you that extra little bit of spring when you were when you were doing the kind of when you were doing the quality sessions, if you did, yeah. the run. and I, I do remember when the first time I put them on, I did feel like, um, like when you get a new pair of Hoka shoes, that you feel like that you could, that you're running on air and you're mm. springy, 
and you know it feels like you could run all day doesn't it and yeah definitely the spring in your step and I definitely felt that but however saying that on Monday I had dead legs and so I put them on and went for a run and you know it was it was just you know I just had dead legs so um you know and also tried them this, this morning doing a quality session and you know I did run really well but I think that it's really hard to quantify just mm. the, that that is because the, the skins help them do they give you an extra few seconds you know it's so you know like just anecdotally I think that they are incredibly comfortable they're incredibly warm so will keep you safe if you need that extra layer yeah I think they, yeah. Probably, they probably help save a little bit of that kind of um muscle deterioration when you're doing kind of tempo runs or help with recovery and actually one thing that I did forget to say is that after I've done something particularly long if I've done a long race or something quite often at night I'll get cramps and the the time that I've used skins the most is when I sleep okay so if I get cramped you know and, and, and need to pop an s-cap or sometimes I often pop my skins on and then they just stop everything cramping as well. They keep everything ah, sort of interesting. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, using it for recovery. But no, it's it's been interesting. And 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 like I say, I kind of agree with you when it comes to like trying to quantify stuff. It's very difficult because you feel so different every session, and you know it's there's so many factors that, that are involved in it. And, and are you actually feeling what you think you're feeling, or what you're wanting, expecting yourself to feel? It's it's difficult. It's difficult to say. But um, in the interview that um. In fact, probably probably should should step this back a, a sec just before we kind of break into the interviews. And and the reason why this kind of came about was because I was running on the seafront um, a few weeks ago and bumped into a runner um, called uh, Charlie Ryder Morgan, who works for Skins. And he was wearing a pair of Hoka Clifton 7s and, and I got kind of got chatting to him. And yeah, it turned out he worked for Skins and kind of that's how this this whole thing came about. Yeah, it was it was great to chat to. And hopefully like the listeners out there that, you know, when we break into this next chat, we'll we'll get something out of the the, the discussion. Uh, one additional point I'd say is that, um, do you know what, I always used to wear skins, compression shorts, and then they they just disappeared and couldn't get any anymore. So I started having to wear 2XU ones, which I've been wearing for a couple of years. And the 2XU I, ones, like, they, they, they fall to pieces really quickly. Ah, and okay. I, no, and rocks stopped giving me new pairs like the fourth or fifth time that I had to go and like trade, like swap them because okay. teams would just come undone really quickly. And um, so it's good to see them back. But as, as a pair of like tights, I mean, the only other pair of tights that I have tried, which are like Drymax or something like that, these are like far superior to those, like, you know, really, really much a lot better. Mm. Uh, no, brilliant. But, recommend them they're, they're pretty awesome i think cool. well i'm going to carry on giving them a bash and, and just see how it goes but i think what we'll do dave is we'll um yeah we'll head to our interviews now and the first one is like i say with charlie and nick from skins and then after that we'll just go straight into our featured interview which is with the lovely louise griffin and you know she's she's a real final example of somebody who really enjoys her running and has done some just incredible things last year like three fkts and and yeah, just getting getting ready to to take on some some big adventures. And I think yeah, she's doing the Southlands Way Hundred this year as well. So, um, Dave, listen, thanks so much for for joining, especially after what you know what you guys have, have had to go through this afternoon and stuff. I really appreciate it. And and once again, here's a, a, a cheers to to Biffy wherever you are, Biffy. I hope you're well. 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you soon, Dave. And you, mate. Take care. So hello, Charlie and Nick. Um, a warm welcome to the show, uh, guys. Thank you very, very much for for taking the time to, to join us on the podcast to speak about compression and, and particularly skins, compression uh, and running. So wishing you all both a happy new year and um, yeah, good one ahead. Um, how are you both doing? And feel free for anybody to go ahead first. <laughs> all, all good. Yeah. Happy new year to you. Um, no, good, positive and good spirits. Um, can't complain too much. Um, yeah, no. Excellent. And, and you, yeah, Nick, and the same good? for me. Yeah, no, no, all good for me as well. Um, excited to come on the podcast as well, of course. So thank you for the invite and um, great way to start the new year. Great, excellent. Thanks so much, guys. And, and listen, we'll, we'll let you introduce yourselves in a second so that people have got a better idea who you are and and, and kind of where you fit in with the, with the compression um, discussion that we're going to have. But um, for now, Charlie, I just wanted to say that this get together was was only possible by a pure chance encounter with us running along the seafront in, in South Sea, I think it was a few weeks ago. And you happen to be wearing uh, a pair of the Hoka Clifton 7s, uh, which for me is always like a conversation starter, obviously being being supported by Hoka myself and, and loving the shoes. But um, I think it's a great way to, um, to kind of meet people just running along the seafront and stuff. And and how are you getting on with the with the Hoka Cliftons? Yeah, Hoka's are, are good, actually. That's my first pair. Um, okay. And I sort of toyed, I've, I've worn loads of different pairs of runners um and they're, they're serving me well actually um I'm, I'm quite enjoying them um it's just just comfortable tempo yeah. sort of running shoes and yeah up and down the seafront they they're perfect for that and like you say the chance chance encounter but it is it is quite incredible what popping out for a run can do and the people you meet and, and the community that sort of goes far and wide it's uh it's really it's really nice to see and be a part of Absolutely. I mean, it's it's one of the reasons why I started the show was because, you know, just got chatting to so many people and, and there was just so many interesting stories out there and stuff. So this has been this has been great. This, it's able to kind of come together like this. So no thanks. And um, Nick, obviously, this is our, our first ever chat as well. And it's great to have you involved and, and appreciate you coming on and joining. Um, and I'm hoping that we can use some of your kind of deeper technical knowledge about compression and skins compression in particular for, for the listeners. Um, but before we do that, maybe um, you could give us a little bit of a description about yourselves, uh, perhaps maybe um, any kind of sports or, or different activities that you're involved in. Uh, and then maybe a little bit about your, your roles within the subject of, of compression and, and perhaps maybe running as well. So, so Nick, how about we, we jump to you first um, and you can kind of give us a, 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 an introduction. Yeah, no problem, Daniel. I guess the place to start, let's start, um, I suppose, role and, and I guess academic background. Sure. Because that would be pertinent to pertinent to the discussion in terms of the detail. But uh, by trade, I'm an exercise physiologist. So um, that's what I, I studied at undergraduate and at postgraduate level. So, you know, effectively, how does the body respond to exercise? And, and crucially, how do we get fitter um, to improve any kind of performance? Um, whether it's to run faster, jump higher or, or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, of course, uh, from an exercise physiologist point of view, you could take that in multiple directions, you know, from maybe a health perspective. Uh, my chosen path uh, initially was performance. So I took my undergraduate and postgraduate degrees to work within elite sports. So I spent uh, three years working at two of our national sports sports centres actually, Lillishaw National Sports Centre up in Shropshire and between there and Home Pierpont, which is the National Water Sports Centre in Nottingham, um, supporting elite athletes, um, uh, preparing for various uh, professional sports, whether that be um, uh, rugby, football, etc. And then obviously the Olympic-based sports too. <clears throat> so that's sort of my um, 
sort of background there. You can date me back to 2004, and I, I spent a lot of time with the disability athletics team actually in preparation for the for the Olympics back in Athens. Wow. Um, okay. So uh, talking about both able-bodied and disabled-bodied athletes, um, it, it's been a you know very great uh, background. Um, and I've since uh, that that time moved into industry um, and applying my scientific and physiology knowledge into product development, product innovation in a in number of areas. And I spend my time split between the nutrition industry and of course now with skins and compression and having worked with uh, skins for actually coming up to probably eight or nine years actually. Wow, so okay. I've been ingrained in the business for quite some time. I, I am a hobby horse runner as well. So um, I'm okay. not sure I, I, I'm, I'm that quick, but uh, I do tend to, to get out as best I can um and, and run regularly um if you really want to know my my deepest love of sport then that resides in the sport of tennis um, okay. that's what i played as a youngster so we can talk tennis any day of the week too <laughs> brilliant maybe one maybe one for a future a future episode then <laughs> it's uh, i always find that running i don't know whether it's true but um people always think like you know runners get injured a lot but um it tends to be kind of those 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 high kind of impact sports where people are kind of take changing direction all the time and stuff that they tend to see a lot of injury so maybe maybe one for the future <laughs> yeah definitely it is we'll pick that up another time yeah for sure so so charlie how about over to you mate and uh, yeah give us a, an introduction and, and tell us all about your running and stuff as well yes yeah, so i'm charlie and i am the brand marketing manager for skins compression so that means i am leading all our global marketing efforts um across all markets just to you know, spread awareness of the brand itself, but also the the compression benefits that um, our products can provide, not just to the elite athletes, um, also to our everyday athletes, um, for whether, you know, you're a very, very casual runner out once, once a week or maybe twice a month, um, or, you know, slightly more... Um, people who are more into their running like myself um but then we we also work directly with athletes who are training for the um olympics and and playing at international level um you know football and rugby so it's it's just trying to st tell those stories um to different people in different ways um and just get the get the message out there um from from a sort of personal standpoint i enjoy all sports um, I played a lot of football as a youngster um, mm -hmm. I also used to do cross-country running up on Portsdown Hill uh, when I was at school and then it was about two years ago um, when I started to take my sort of casual running a bit more seriously um, I started running with a running club in East London called Your Friendly Runners okay. which uh, was put together by two guys just to get people out running on the weekend um, it started on a Sunday and their concept was 10 before 10 which cool. is do 10 oh kilometers gosh. before 10 a.m um, in, you know during that time where you're usually in bed or you could be just sat in bed or whatever it is whatever mm -hmm. you do between that time is actually try and make make use of that and they've they've grown massively they've got a really nice community and I think it was that community-led running which really led me down the path to take it a lot more seriously um okay. you know at no means am I entering into sort of county level running but I have seen a real improvement and and putting some structure into my training program and mm. implementing compression and um, because I am very injury prone off the back of my football years um okay. has, has been a real real sort of positive 
positive for me. And then obviously now I'm back down in Portsmouth running along the seafront. I mean, there's there's not many better places to do it. Yeah, um, I'd agree. Which is, yeah. Fantastic. That's great. So, uh, thanks both. So that kind of like, yeah, gives a gives a good idea of, of kind of what you're involved in with, with the work and stuff. And, and and Charlie, just back to that running club thing, I just think it's great to that, you know, from a simple concept like 10 before 10, how these running clubs all over the place are forming just from these simple concepts and, and how people are getting involved. And it's, op- it's opening up running um, in particular for, for so many more people. So it's, it's great to see and great to hear. Um, Absolutely. And and I think just just on that, on, you know, the, the positive and that community vibe, um, obviously, it's a struggle at the moment, but just pushing people, you know, people would turn up and say, I can't run 10k. And then suddenly before 10am on a Sunday, they've done their first 10k. And mm-hmm. everyone's got them round. They, the last 2k may have been a bit of a struggle, but they got round. And then, yeah. you know, there's no stopping them from that point. So as much as running on your own is, is great, that community feel, um, can really just push you that little bit further. Um, so that's and that, that's something we want to try and get across and, and support our community of runners, um, you know, as we talk about skins and, and the benefits the products can give. Mm, that's cool. But that actually leads us nicely, I guess, in, in, into, the, into a nice introduction to, to the product itself. So I was just wondering maybe, Charlie, for those um, who may not have heard of skins, which, you know, a, a lot of runners have, but I'm sure, that, sure there are people out there who've, who've made, you know, maybe not even tried it or, or never been to the website or had a look themselves. Are you able to tell us a little bit about Skins Compression as a company and, and perhaps maybe a little bit about the, the products they offer and, and any other information that might be, might be useful for, for runners listening? Absolutely, yes. So Skins Compression are the pioneers of compression sportswear. So they started the category back in 1996 um, and Skins have been at the forefront of the technology ever since. So, you know, like we touched on previously, they've been assisting elites but every, and everyday athletes to achieve their personal best. So it's, it's to push that little bit extra and go that little bit further um, yeah. and each time give your personal best. Um, so from our standpoint, our current company took over the brand in 2019. And since then, the team have been rebuilding um, and developing the new series of skins, which is out now on the market um, and technically the best to date, um, working with you know, experts like Nick to, to make sure that each new range we bring out is better than the last and considering you know, how we can actually help athletes and not just from a generic standpoint, Um, you know we really delve deep into this series will help athletes um, specific to sport um, and we can break that down into protocols as well Um, so part of the the new the new series of skins there's there's three new ranges um, and the difference between those ranges is in the compression profile complexity of the paneling and the fabrics um, and these combinations make the series more suited to different activities so we've got our series five which is our elite range um, this is optimal for gaining a competitive edge in intense activities so you know sprinting lifting contact sports okay. series one is our entry level range optimal for team sports um, so this this is achieved by supporting the muscles um, and we'll still work across sort of cross training from the gym to outdoor runs and then series three which obviously sits in the middle of those two but the reason i want to mention that one last is because it's optimal for runners um, the compression okay. profile and the support provided by the complex paneling means that runners feel more comfortable at a tempo pace and i'll sort of let nick jump in here about the tests we've actually 
carried out here to achieve, um, you know, to 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 um, get some learnings back, which make us able to tell you that skins is, makes people run faster and for longer. Oh, cool, great. Should I jump in right there? Perfect. Yes. Um, yeah. I guess this. Uh, I mean, uh, things that people tend to ask and are really interested in and, and are very important to us and our DNA and the way that we approach things, I suppose, is two things. One is what sort of scientific evidence exists to demonstrate that, that skins and, and compression has a benefit, i.e. someone can run faster or set a new PB or whatever it might be. So it's kind of the proof of principle that it does what it says on the tin. That's the first stage. Um, and the second stage is, uh, is actually that um, in all the other things that we say that a skin's compression garment delivers, particularly around the compression levels, that that is tested rigorously um, <clears throat> in a valid and reproducible way. And, and again, does what it says on the tin and delivers a compression that is, is relevant to improving performance. And the, there's sort of those two areas, I, I guess, are principally where I've spent my time. Um, both with the brand and in general and, and, and really does describe I guess in in general the physiological underpinning of, of compression you know does it actually deliver compression number one um, and number two if it does great can you go go test it on people who, who run every day and, and demonstrate that it, it will tangibly have a benefit and and of course that that's that's what we do and and that's what we that's what we prove and um, they're, they're really interesting and exciting areas to be a part of and and they're, they're fundamental to any new development. Um, I, I think everyone out there would, I'm going to assume, would expect that that's the case. Um, but that isn't always the case for, let's just say, in general, all brands. But it, it, it has definitely, in my time, working with skins. Mm, absolutely. Well, I mean, I've, I've been using a pair of the, I think it's the Series 3 um, tights, compression tights, for for my own running over the last few weeks. And, you know, I've, I've actually compared to other, <clears throat> what I would call, compression i mean i i, I wouldn't know like quite tight tights that there's i've definitely felt a difference 100 percent with them um, with the skins there's it that they fit better there's no kind of like baggy wasted um compression around any of the parts of the body really um and i think it's actually kind of helped my uh, my recovery in between um certainly like some of the harder sessions often on the seafront um definitely aiding in the movement like during the session and also kind of like helping yeah. um you know ease away from the from some of the fatigue i'd normally feel after those sessions the day after or two days after so yeah it's been it's been really interesting kind of using them myself and i think i, I think i'm i think i'm sold yeah you definitely have another customer <laughs> yeah well if there's one beauty about compression actually is the fact that you can feel it you really, you really can. Um, and I think we get asked a lot about, you know, the difference between that and maybe base layers or, or, or other brands. And sometimes when people don't try on multiple garments, they don't really get the sensation of what does a different level of compression. And I use the term compression sort of inverted commas because I think we are and, and many others aren't. Um, they don't, they don't understand the sensation between the two. And, 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 and that's why it is important for people to to get hold of products and, and try them on and and because then when you do you definitely know you're wearing compression when you're wearing it mm. and that's the beauty about it there's very few i guess interventions that any runner or any sport or athlete can do that they can generally feel it um it's it's quite it's quite it's quite fascinating in that sense and it's a very powerful very powerful strategy in general um and when you wear good garments anecdotally and overwhelmingly people come back and say, wow, feels so good when it's on um, mm. because it, it's, it's almost like an exoskeleton. You, you, you're providing a, a lovely level of skin level support to the body to 
like like spring loaded to be able to to run you know really well run efficiently run technically proficiently um and when you pull all of those things together you know i suppose physiologically you get from a to b a little bit better or a little bit quicker yeah no for sure and, and it's interesting that you use the term there spring loaded because that's exactly how i described it when i was thinking about about it when i was in my sessions myself it feels like you've almost got kind of like springs attached to this kind of side of your legs and it's it, that, that's what I meant by by kind of aiding the movement. There's definitely definitely massive advantage there in in how I feel when I'm running when I'm running quickly and trying to get some effort into the into the, especially on the on the pavements. I found a lot more. Um, it definitely feels spring loaded for sure. Yeah, definitely. And actually, I, I really picked up on you saying that, Daniel. So it was, it's actually for me really nice to hear. Um, I mean, the very classical question that people ask is, oh, so you know, how does it work and what does it do? And mm. and the first place everyone starts is, is about is about the improvement of blood flow, which is um, I guess what everyone talks about with compression facilitates the return of blood back to the heart, oxygen around the body, you know, providing energy, et cetera, which is, is well, um, well established. It's well understood, um, and, and provides a benefit in terms of, you know, making the body physiologically more efficient. You can transport oxygen and energy around the body to sustain a higher work rate for longer in simple yeah. terms. But you know what the area that I think is really most important now moving forward and where there's a greater degree of interest from a research point of view, it's the structural support. It's the sort of the proprioception around the ankle joints and the knee joints. It's the, um, it's the way that people respond to wearing compression from a technical and a running and a, a type point of view. And, and I think spring loaded is a lovely way to describe it because it, it really does do that. Mm. Um, and so that structural support is really strong. Um, and we actually had done previously um, a lovely study, which was, which is published where we demonstrated that when people wearing compression, they, they almost improve their, their, well, they do improve their running economy which can yep. be measured in a number of ways, but in simple terms, a lot of that to, to do with that is, is the, the, the benefit of, of wearing the compressions and enabling people um, to run more efficiently. Um, and if there's one thing you want as a runner, I would argue that that's one of the most important uh, things that we would love to love to improve. Mm, absolutely. Could, could I, um, Charlie, could I move quickly over to it to um, perhaps maybe you listing some of the items that, that, that skins sell on the, on the site. So, um, for, you know, for people listening, they might be wondering, okay, well, what, what kind of compression gear is there? What, what, what products do you offer? Absolutely. You're testing me now. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so, I mean, as you mentioned, you've been running in the long tights. So, I, I mean, across the different series, there's the, the similar product categories. Um, but like I mentioned, series three, we're finding is, is optimal for, for the sort of the slightly longer distant runners. So your 5Ks, 10Ks and, and half marathons and, and more. Um but the long tights offer obviously the sort of the most support across the whole of the leg for obvious mm -hmm. reasons, but it being a long tight. Um, we also have three quarter tights. So you still get some support around the knee joints okay. um, and then half tights, um, which still aids the, the blood flow um, from, you know, the top, top of your legs. Um, we also have the compression tops that um, can give the right sort of pressure on on your arms to to again keep that blood flow going um and then we also have an active series that will support and sit over the top of that compression layer um, okay and it's actually something we discussed um on one of our runs was the fact that the more so on the the upper body compression garments is the 
um, the design for heat to be able to leave the body in the right places. Yes, I was going to ask about this. With our yeah. active, yeah, with our active wear, we've ensured that 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 heat can still continue. Because if you have a vent in one place on a long-sleeved compression top, yep. but then you just stick a standard t-shirt over the top of it, you're then going to block that vent which then you know you're going to overheat and you're going to start exerting and using more energy so there's all these different things to consider um and then also you know if if people are sort of listening in and not sure um whether compression is right for them we've also got the the calf tights and arm sleeves so these are a good sort of almost entry level um way to start implementing calf tights into their running um, calf tights are amazing things they can help with performance so you can wear them during running um, but also post post run um, recovery um, mm -hmm. so we actually recommend that people can go a size down and after any kind of session um, stick you know have have your shower or for professional sports men and women um, after their massage they then use calf tights to for two to three hours after after that to just help the byproducts leave those calves um, okay. from from a recovery standpoint so you know we've got a whole sort of host of host of products um, that people can can use and start to implement um, and if people do have questions they can they can contact us and we're always happy to help and offer different products uh, recommend different products and protocols for different sports yeah I've, I've actually found the website really really useful um for information about about the different series and how they work and kind of it was very good kind of explaining the information that you needed when when you were kind of initially looking at, at a lot of the products so so that was really good as well and, and actually I, I wanted to ask too kind of about the you know based on the on the sweat and the, and the temperature you just mentioned and, and perhaps maybe nick you, you could help help us out here a little bit was um, many runners believe, and this included me until recently, that, that the tights would only be good to wear in the cold. But then I noticed as well that there was there was talk about wearing them in hot temperatures and the fact that a lot of the series or the new series particularly have um, UV protection um, as well up, up to level 50. Um, so I, I'm assuming at some point that, you know, this this clothing has been adapted to to be able to wear in the heat as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think it's it's always one of those things that we've always more had to overcome with consumer perception rather than anything to overcome, I suppose, let's just say physiologically or from a thermal strain point of view for want of the, the language. Um, what you're definitely trying to do is avoid anyone overheating. So, you know, a core temperature rising um, mm. to any level of sig significance um, that would cause people to fatigue in the first instance. And of course, in other instances, it becomes a little bit more dangerous. Now, you won't get that at all wearing compression, just so you know. Now, we've looked at compression, um, both in, I guess, cold temperatures, uh, normal temperatures um, and, and hot temperatures. And, that, and the most important thing is that you don't see any changes in, in core temperature um, within the body when wearing compression. Interesting. Um, and that's principally to do with the fabrics used. I mean, as you can imagine, they're technical fabrics. Of course, they allow for breathability. They allow for wicking of the sweat away from the body. Um, they're not, you know, they're not standard or bog standard fabrics in that sense that would that would effectively trap the heat or, or create some form of um, increased heat exertion on, on an individual. And so the, the, the quality of the fabrics are chosen for that. For that purpose and and when tested under several situations you don't get any change in core temperature 
Um, there is probably a difference there between uh, thermal perception, just as you would, whether you wore skins or not, would feel running in Australia in a certain temperature a little bit more hot or strenuous than you would uh, running in, in the UK at the, in a certain time of the year. So you will get a thermal sensation generally, um, but actually um, skins and compression doesn't contribute to any change in, in core temperature. Um, and, and that message is something we, you know, we have to continue to, to, to get out there and it's, it's reasonably well proven in truth, um, but not everyone appreciates it because you, they just assume by putting a layer over the skin, it might be doing, you know, it might be increasing the body's temperature, but it's yeah. definitely not the case. Um, okay. And uh, there has been a lot of work that's gone into that. Absolutely. Brilliant. Excellent. That's uh, yeah, it's been a, a real myth buster for me learning that. So uh, <laughs> look forward to, to, to keeping going through the summer months. One thing I was going to ask about, is there any um, kind of stance from Skins on, on sustainability, Charlie, and, and perhaps maybe any tips on, on how to make the, this clothing last? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, slightly different areas there. So if I just touch on the sustainability side of things, it's, it's a really important area for us, actually. So, you know, we're, we're very mindful um, and, and doing everything we can at our level, right? We, you know, we need to consider where we're at. Um, as a brand and, and, and as a company but sustainability isn't just a buzzword for us we're and and we're open to say that it's an ongoing process you know we're continuing to learn you know we're a global brand so we need to consider how we get products to people and, and everything like that so for us it's it's a real ongoing process um, but what we you know we've really taken some some steps forward to make sure that the whole new series is vegan so that means it is completely PETA approved. Um, yeah. There are no animal byproducts whatsoever. That means, you know, that it means that people can buy consciously. Um, and we feel like that was important to our community. Um, but also just from a company standpoint, you know, and a sustainability standpoint is to actually lead the way in that and ensure that we do as we say. Um, Another area for us um, and something we've been trialing in Australia actually is compostable packaging. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you that there have been no failures so far. So it's been a real positive trial. And this will be something that we look to roll out globally. Um, so that's something to, to look out for. And hopefully we can we can be one of the first to lead the way in, in that. I mean, currently our main packaging is, is recyclable. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're making sure we, we, we stay true to our word on, on that kind of thing. And also that our supply chain is, is consciously sustainable, um, which includes our manufacturing partners who okay. are very conscious of their role amongst the community, the local community. But then also, you know, you have to get products from one place to another um, for people to actually wear them and enjoy them and everything else so you know it's it's an ongoing process for us but something we're mm. we're sort of really keen to to make sure we're doing everything we can um and and lead the way you know we're not going to use vegan as a buzzword to sell product or sustainability as a buzzword to sell product you know we're, we're standing true behind that and still producing quality garments with you know all the science and engineering that needs to go into it um cool. just proves that it can be done yeah um which That's great which we we you know we we we're we're proud of um from a, from a company standpoint and then from you know that that leads into the kit itself you know it's it's quality kit um a lot goes into the engineering of 
one garment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Nick's knowledge has been built up over years and years and years and trial and testing and, and, and everything like that. So, you know, the products, the fabrics, the panelling we use, we don't only just consider it from a performance standpoint from, you know, you're going to run better, but also the product needs to perform. You know, it's pointless it working for one run and then that's it. Um, so our products are also trial and tested to, to last over time. Okay. I think you need to use them. It's, it's as simple as that. You know, they've, they've been they've been produced to be worn across all terrains. So whether you're running down the seafront or you're trail running um, somewhere else, use it, use it properly, put them through their paces. They're, they're built to last um, and just follow the care instructions, cold machine wash. You know, the thing with our, our product testing proves that the compression lasts over a long period of time. Yep. But of course, with wear and tear and washing, compression profile will reduce slightly. So it's just staying, you know, just being sort of conscious of, of what's what's happening there. Okay. Um, oh, great. That's 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 really useful um, and great to hear kind of like the, you know, the the, the, the idea that skins are kind of helping towards the environment and being sustainably conscious and stuff is always great because it's a, obviously a hot topic at the moment. But listen, guys, we, we've only got a few minutes left and, I, and obviously, you know, you've got busy days to get to and stuff. Um, but wanted to kind of maybe maybe close off by asking where people can follow you guys on social media or find out a little bit more about what you've spoken about today. Cool, perfect. Yeah, so we're we're on Facebook, um, Twitter, Skins Compression, and then Instagram is our key platform. Um, so Skins underscore Compression, um, yep. and that's where sort of the most exciting content is going to be being published. The community led stories, um, looking at our ambassadors, athletes we're working with. Um, as Nick said, people can DM us, they can email us. We are happy to offer advice on product protocols, you know, this, the science behind it, the technology. Um, you know, we, we enjoy it. We enjoy talking about the product. We enjoy, it's nice to go through so much before a, a product gets produced to then see it out there and people wearing it and then getting the feedback. Um, yeah. You know, the positive feedback, like you've mentioned, Daniel, that you're actually feeling the benefits it means you know, everything's been done correctly, which which is great. And then also we're on Strava. Um, so runners can join our Skins Compression Strava Club, which has grown drastically in the past week or so. I'm sure um, it has. We have, <laughs> yeah, we've kick-started the year with a Strava challenge. So the aim with that was to encourage just as many people to kick-start their year in a positive. Um, we wanted to get people out there running 110 minutes, Um for some that's easy for some that's a real challenge mm-hmm. um we've had some really really positive messages just saying thank you for dragging me out this morning it's it was horrible weather um and well 150,000 Strava athletes signed up to take part which was incredible um and wow. the 110 minutes just sits nicely with skins products allowing you to go and push for your personal best so giving that 110 percent that's cool that's great. It's, it's been it's it's really good actually. It's a it's a fantastic challenge, and, and I think very generous of Skins as well with the uh, with with the prize on offer on uh, or the the code on offer as well. So it's been it's been fantastic to uh, to be a part of that. But listen, guys, thank you so so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate it, and it's as I say, it's been such a useful experience. Me myself, you know, my, my own personal experience using the product um, over the over the past few weeks, and I I tell you what, I'm I'm, I'm sold. I you know I really have felt the benefits. Um, and everything that you've spoken about um, in, in my own running. So I really appreciate the time 
And yeah, wish you guys all the best uh, this year. And yeah, happy running. Amazing. Thank Brilliant. you. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for having us. And um, yeah, good luck with everyone with their skins. Go Thank and get you. out there. Yeah, and exactly. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Hi, I'm really pleased to welcome to this week's uh, show, or the first show of 2021, um, our featured guest, local runner and vegan runner, Louise Griffin. Louise, hello, welcome. How are you doing? Hiya, Daniel. Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Quite honoured to be invited to be on your show, to be honest. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't say that. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on. And and I was going to say, you know, at, at first, thank you so, so much for agreeing to come on, because I know you were a little bit hesitant at first about doing it. Um, and, and a lot of the guests are because it's quite a it's quite a, an experience, I guess, come, coming onto a show and releasing your story. But I think it was your your husband that eventually kind of nudged you a little bit and decided um, that you should maybe go and, and give it a shot. So thank you. Yeah, that's, that's all right. He seems to think I've got more interesting stories than I do. <laughs> No, you're, I'll tell you what, the, the info you sent me is really interesting. It's great. I, I really can't wait to dig into the details because, you know, as I said to you earlier, you know, I've been following you for a while and you've been doing so much mileage, especially last year, training for your, for your South Downs Way 100. And um, yeah, lots of interesting things that I want to I wanna chat to you about, including some Strava art and, uh, and things like that. So, um, so yeah, hopefully it'll be a nice, easy experience for you. And, uh, and a quick one, have you been out uh, running today at all? No, I'm definitely not a morning runner if I can help it. Oh, okay. Like, yes, to prefer my uh, lying and my snooze button too much for that. So I'll probably get out this evening. But okay. yeah, not a morning runner at all. <laughs> I, do, I, I tend I tend to enjoy running kind of like after eleven a.m. as well. But I do I do try and go out if I've got to fit it in um, a little bit early. So no, I can appreciate that for sure. And um, as as a vegan vegan runner, is that um as part of an actual club the, the vegan running club I'm, I'm actually a member of two clubs really i'm baffins runner sort okay. of first and foremost um but with baffins being a, a social sort of friendly family running club and um, they're not ea affiliated so when you want to do sort of you know proper races for want of a better word and um, you need the ea affiliation so gotcha vegan runners is the one I picked for that um because obviously I'm a vegan and and running with the vegan vest on it's a good form of sort of soft activism really yeah uh, brilliant I think it's um it's great to see all the vegan runners around and obviously the tops really stand out with the with the green and black colors and I've got a few friends who who run in that in that club as well so I guess you get to see them out and about do you every so often you bump you, you run past another vegan runner um yeah, I mean, before everything shut down for COVID, we used to have park run meetups. It used to be sort of once a month or so on where we'd meet up at a, a local-ish park run and then go out for some lunch or some cake or something afterwards. Yep. But other than that, it's generally speaking only really races that you see each other at. Um, mm. Whereas, as I say, Baffins is more of a go there weekly, see each other weekly for park runs and a variety yeah. of other things. Okay. Yeah. I've, a friend of mine who's also um, been on the show uh, is John Cosgrove and who's yeah. who runs with the vegan runners as well. Yeah. Love, lovely chap. I love John's bits um, and a very good runner as well. Um, I think he's the only person in Portsmouth for the world who managed to be in as many running clubs as me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so listen, how, how was your Christmas and New Year? And um, did you get any, any running related gifts or anything this year or last year? Um. We had a good Christmas, actually. It was fairly quiet, but it tends to be fairly quiet anyway. Um, okay. You know, we had all the kids around. My daughter came back from uni. We had all, um, you know, and, and the other two were with us, and it was yeah. it was lovely. 
but that's probably who we would have had for Christmas anyway. You know, cool. even okay. if we'd have been able to have a big one. So yeah, so it was quite nice. It was quite peaceful. Um, yeah, didn't get anything running related. We've sort of trying to do more experiences as opposed to gifts at the moment. So good idea. Yeah, put the money in a bank and do some walking or running in the lakes or Cornwall or something like that later in the year with it. That sounds good. Great, great idea. Yeah. I got some, I didn't get much like running related this year myself, but I did get my third copy of Born to Run. <laughs> I don't know if you've read that book, but um, yeah, this is my third, my third edition of it. So I'm hopefully going to give it away as a prize at some point on, on the show. So. <laughs> I imagine it's just an easy gift to give runners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like it's such a great book. And a gift. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, a, it's a really good read actually. And um, it kind of uh, initially, um, lit my interest in, in ultra running so so it's a, it's a book that's, that's kind of like you know I've had good experiences with myself so it'd be great to give away um, I mentioned earlier um, Louise that you'd, you'd over Christmas period you'd done some runs and dr- managed to draw um, what, what people are calling I guess Strava art or Strava drawings um, and I had a look at those again the other night I think one was like a reindeer and one might have been Santa is that right no it's an elf an elf <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, that's, I've that's got, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three. I've got a reindeer, an elf, and a Christmas tree that I like to run every year that are just little Strava arts done on the streets of Portsmouth. Ah, so you've done that no, before? I'll, yeah. Okay. I, I, I didn't have time for the Christmas tree this year, but it's probably the worst out of the three, so it's no real loss. But I just, I like doing them. You're not really going to do much trail running over the Christmas period because it's dark and you've got other things to do at home so it's just a nice way of sort of getting out and getting a bit festive and you're just plodding along not caring what your pace is you do look like a fool though because there's so much out and back and stopping and running up little side streets and turning around and going doubling back on yourself but I do know I was going to ask I was going to ask that because I'm obviously I've seen them around quite a bit and I've had a look at the map of Portsmouth myself and thought I've just stared at it and thought okay how how could I possibly get anything picture related via these streets how did you plan it Strava basically the Christmas tree is is relatively easy you can just see it as soon as you look at a map okay um the elf I was trying to pick a Santa out of those streets for a very long time and I just couldn't get the beard and then I thought well (laughs) an elf is pretty much exactly the similar shape so yeah a friend of mine, Alex, Alex York from Baffins, she's managed to get a Santa in, in the same street. Not a Santa, a snowman, sorry, which is quite a good one as well. I might incorporate that next year. Oh, brilliant. That's, that's fantastic. I, I think that's really great fun and um, obviously nice to do over the Christmas break as well. So yeah. <laughs> well done. You must have like some, some very hidden, um, or good hidden artistic talents in there as well, because I just stared at the map and just did not know where to start. So. <laughs> if if I can see them then I can map it but sometimes it's you know you think there's got to be a Christmas present somewhere and you're staring at the map and you just can't see it yeah and there's a limit to how long you're going to run you could probably draw anything if you were willing to run far enough that's true that's why the bike bike ones are so good yeah because you can obviously get get a bit further and stuff as well which is which is nice but yeah I mean look it's been a it's been an incredibly difficult year obviously that's now behind us um and well, I don't, I don't want to say it because it's horrible, but maybe a little bit in front of us as well. Um, but you had some some really fantastic adventures last year because you also managed to run three FKTs as well. Can, can you tell us a little bit about just those FKTs last year before we before we we head into your story? 
Yeah, the, the first one was, I was saying to you before this meeting, you've just had um, two very sort of polished, almost professional runners, and you're now talking to an absolutely chaotic, messy runner. Um, who <laughs> but, just, but, a, but, a, but a runner nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, there's just, so it's just everything's just done on a whim or, yeah. Um, so when we were in the first lockdown last year, and we went, it was, I think it was the first bank holiday and sort of, there's nothing you can do except unlimited exercise. And I yeah. just thought, do you know what, I'm just going to run to Winchester. And um, I looked at the map and there was the Allen King Way, which was, it's a route that for some reason I'd always wanted to run. So I decided on the Friday night that I was going to get up at like half four on the Saturday morning and see yeah. if I could run this 45 mile route to Winchester Okay. Um, at that point, I only had a, a quite cheap Garmin watch. So it didn't have any mapping on it or anything. <laughs> I was just literally trying to follow a GPX file on my phone. And, okay. And and the, and the signs. And I don't know if you've ever done the Alan King Way, but no. it's really, really overgrown. It's not a well-used path at all. Gotcha. Um, okay. So a lot of the signs are just, you know, covered with vegetation or whatnot. So you just can't see them. Mm. It's the hottest day of the year. So I'd gone out carrying so much water and things like a complete pack horse. It was ridiculous, yeah. but I still managed to run out, um, which is where I found the amazing tip that churches all have taps. Oh, amazing. Taps. So if you ever sort of lost on the trails, yeah, if you run for a church garden, they're all supposed to have outdoor taps. Mm. Um, yeah, which was perfect for, for running out of water. But um, yeah, I, I managed to get there. I managed to cover 52 miles rather than the 45 because I kept getting lost so much. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and then once I'd, once I'd done it, um, I, I ran, it's from Porchester Castle to Wolseley Castle in okay. the centre of Winchester. So I sort of called it my Castle to Castle Ultra. Um, and yeah, then I think it was a few more months when we were into lockdown that everyone else started doing these FKTs. Yeah, they got really popular, at, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, and I looked at the FKT website and saw that the Alan King Way was on there. So I thought, oh, I'll submit that, see if they'll take it. And after a lot of thinking about it, because I was so awry off the route, but because I went wrong for like seven miles extra than I should have done, and I didn't lose any elevation, they eventually agreed to agree it. Okay, okay. Right. Um, whereas the other two, um, I did the Pilgrim's Way and... Yeah, the Pilgrim's Way was a training run for the South Downs Way. Okay. So it was a, I needed a 30 mile training run in my plan. And it's just, for long runs like that, I tend to like doing races just because okay. it gives you a bit of extra motivation. You know, you're going to be supported. You know, there's a reason you're doing it because it can sometimes get a bit lonely doing all the long runs on your own. Mm, no, for um, sure. And as we didn't have any races, I thought if I just pick an FKT route that's local and run that, that will at least give me a bit of, you know, a bit of a reason to run it. Mm -hmm. um, and again, th there's another a local guy called Jamie Hurrell. You probably yes, know yeah. him. Yeah. Um, he, he sort of gave me a bit of advice on the route because he'd run it before me. I think he's pretty much 
loaded all the local routes onto that site. You yeah, know, he's done a lot of long runs around the area. So, yeah, so that everybody can follow them. So he sort of gave me a few tips on the route and things. And yeah, that one was a lot easier, but it was it was very much run at what I intended myself down's way pace to be. So it wasn't particularly fast, but fast enough to be the FKT. <laughs> I beat cool. Jamie's time, so I got the overall one, not just the girls' one. That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. You must and be then well I, I was, I was really chuffed. I got down into Portsmouth, into Hilsey, and I knew that if I sort of just put a little bit of a wiggle on, ran to the port along that Hilsey lines, I'd be able to beat Jamie's time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 30 miles after running all the hills and everything, and there's me just feeling like I'm absolutely flying alongside of the mount button. I wasn't, it was about 10 minute mile pace, but it feels like you're at a flat sprint. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're literally like running in slow motion, but you feel like you're uh, you Mo like, Farah yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I, I got there and I did that. And then, okay, brilliant. And and yeah, and then the third one was the Staunton Way, um, which was the shortest of them all, and that was part of the Centurion running um, hundred mile week. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, so I, I did that one. That was probably the nicest of the three, and it's definitely the only one of the three that I would go back and do again. That was absolutely lovely, really okay. nice route. Yeah, oh, brilliant. No, it was it was it was really good that people got involved in all those FKTs, and I um I did one myself with um with my friend Jason, and we did the mm. Shipwrights Way, which was yeah Alice Holt down to Portsmouth. That's a longer one, isn't it? Yeah, it, well, it's 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 fifty, so it's not quite as long as you managed with um with the Alan Alan Kingway, but uh, it was, um, it yeah, it was it was pretty pretty hard work actually, but it was it was good fun, you know, and it was there kind of to help motivate um us, you know, during the lockdown with all the cancelled races, so it was it was great. But well done on yours, that's that's fantastic. Three three in the year is um you know already in itself quite a lot, so so that was that was brilliant. But I guess if we um if we now maybe head into your story a little bit and kind of jump back a few years to where maybe running started for you and I say started I mean stopped and started because you had quite kind of like a I guess a, a stop starty relationship with running for quite some time yeah um, could you could you maybe talk us through those those kind of cross-country school days um perhaps maybe into into the army and and how running changed for you when you joined the army a little bit yeah um when I was a kid I always used to like running it, it just always sort of came naturally I was never any good but I always enjoyed it yeah. um and we we used to have a school cross-country team amongst many other teams and and like I think a lot of schools a lot of kids hate cross-country and we we were very much a group in Bradford so it's sort of an industrial city based yeah. kid so um not many people were into running which meant that I got to be in the cross-country team to make up numbers <laughs> rather okay, than okay. through any sort of level of talent. But, you know, I used to really like it. And I can remember some of the cross-country races just sort of running around, you know, Lister Park in Bradford, getting so much mud. Um, and, yeah, as I say, I would never sort of come last. I was always sort of in the, in the bottom third. But it didn't matter because I was running because... I was enjoying it. it and it's yeah. nice to sort of be part of a team and all that kind of thing rather than any sort of I honestly couldn't tell you any of the distances or any of the times or anything like that and I don't think yeah. I ever knew them you know 
just it was cross country it was a race it was a off you go i, I, I like yeah. i like that though louise it's like you know you were just running for the pure enjoyment of it which is which is great because i can yeah i can i could just imagine how much fun it was just taking part in those in those muddy events <laughs> yeah i think that's what most of my running's always been like it's just running for the sheer enjoyment of running mm. um and and yeah that was me i left school um intended to join the army so had to carry on with a bit of running to you know make sure I passed all the fitness tests to enter the army and again that's quite funny because I always thought that I was out for hours and running for miles and miles and miles and when I've mapped some of those routes on Strava since you know because we never had those watches or Strava or anything like that when I was a kid so mapping them in the last few years and discovering that they were like a mile and a half (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're like that can't be right that can't be right <laughs> yeah I was like no it definitely was around that part of that golf course and then you measure it and it's like wow that was so short what was I thinking <laughs> <laughs> just not trained <laughs> but um yeah I joined the army and um I don't know the army has a magic way of sucking the fun out of anything that's fun I think anything that you have to do rather than you're doing because you want to do sort of sucks the fun out of things as well Mm, um but there's a there's a huge disconnect between the level of fitness that the army fitness tests want you to have and the level of fitness that the ptis that are taking you for regimental training want you to have you know so i would always meet every fitness test but i would always be at the back on every group run um, and you'd sort of be you'd have to run in three ranks so you're running at someone else's pace someone else's stride length and every single run for me was a sort of a threshold effort it was a really really hard run I was suffering to keep up and then dropping back from the squad okay. and then there's a lot of sort of I'm not I don't want to say you know you you're a waste of oxygen you're an embarrassment to the regiment you know keep up and it's just it's horrible and it's week after week after week after week and one of the things like a very very bad form of of or maybe not thought through form of motivation trying to motivate people yeah but there's a it's a one of the things I learned about running after leaving the army is that you can't run every single run hard because that's just going to make you tired but that's all that's all if you're at the back everyone's going to be tired if you're a really good strong runner everyone's going to be really easy Mm. it's sort of it's a really hard balance for any of those ptis to come up with a session that's going to suit everybody so you know I, i appreciate that they're never going to do that but it, it was just horrible. And I'd go out on my own on a weekend because I'd be told, oh, you need to do some extra runs. You need to get faster. You need to get fitter. So whereas everyone else would be sort of recovering on a weekend, I'd just be, you know, beasting myself on a weekend and just ending up even more tired, yeah, injured, nice. just destroyed. And it, it went on like that on and off for years um, until you sort of... The army's no, nothing's ever constant. If you're in a rotation where you're doing a lot of tours or a lot of exercises, then you don't have that full-on fitness four mm. or five times a week. 
it'll be maybe once a week and it might be with your troop level rather than the whole regiment okay. so sort of in my in my germany years we were down to almost troop level and we had a our boss at that time who was sort of leading it he had a sort of more interesting way of doing it in that he was big on three days a week you did your own training and on the fourth day we'd do a handicap race okay. so he'd set everyone off in order of slowest person first and work out in theory that every you know anybody could win this race and that that was a lot of fun yeah that sounds good and i think that yeah and i think that's you know he'd put a bit of thought into how can i actually do this so everybody's putting some effort in and the speedy people aren't sort of wasting their time and the you know slow people aren't killing themselves mm. and i think you know that that helped come back to the uk and my final posting um i did 15 years in total my final posting was in marchwood and they were a very busy regiment um so there was hardly any group pt and most of it was on my own you sort of have you sort of a little bit more responsibility when you get a little bit more rank so you can sort of say oh I'm too busy to go to regimental PT I'll go off and run myself at lunchtime and, and okay. nobody cares so I think by the time I'd left the army I didn't hate running anymore I had about 10 years of hating it okay. and about five years of sort of not okay, you know um yeah it, it absolutely sucked any joy I mean don't get me wrong I loved absolutely everything else about the army <laughs> mm. it just the fitness was horrible and it just sort of destroyed any love I had no that's fair enough that, that, um, that describes it really well I was it's interesting to hear your experiences because I've never spoken to anybody about kind of I guess running in particular in the, in the yeah. army. I completely get what you say and understand that some of those sessions must have been really, really difficult. So, well, it's, it's quite difficult anyway because again, you're not allowed to wear a watch or anything like that, and you will never get told at the beginning what distance you're going, mm. or what speed, or what route, or anything. So it's all just a complete surprise. You know, you're just literally <laughs> running along, wondering, are we near the end yet, or are yeah. we only halfway? You just don't know. The unknown, yeah. So yeah. Louise, you um, I'm I'm going to move on quickly to to you leaving leaving the army because yeah, our, our, the information you sent me it looked like um perhaps maybe for a few years before you left you were trying to gain entry into the London Marathon which you finally successfully did um just after you left the army is that right? Yeah, that's quite ironic really because the if I if I I entered the ballot five times didn't get through if I had you know done it whilst I was in the army then at least I've had a base of running yeah the year that I left the army I got a place in the ballot wow <laughs> and you, I think you've also had some added difficulties well because you'd, you'd also moved area so you'd relocated to Portsmouth you had your you said you had your two children as well and your and your husband was working or your husband now was working away yeah I I left the army and moved to Portsmouth at the same time he unfortunately moved to Oxford okay. so I, I ended up in Portsmouth, not really knowing anybody, not a member of a club, nothing like that. Um, trying to train for a marathon with no idea what I was doing. Um, no training plan, no idea. So it, it was, I'd do a little run on the weekend when he was at home and I'd run home from work on a Friday. I was 
working in Horndean at that point. So, wow. so it's it was nine miles from where I work. So I'd do that nine mile route. Um, and then every week I would just try and add a mile at the end mm. to come mm. home a slightly longer way. Okay. Um, I also wanted to just add there that that was, that was 2012 when you did that marathon. Yeah. Just because when we eventually kind of move on to the next bit of running, you'll realize there's quite a big a big kind of gap between the running as well because um yeah you must have had about i think about a four-year break from racing because you kind of moved on to 2016 when you um into the paris marathon is that right so there was a kind of like a, a big gap there of, of perhaps yeah. maybe just running for fun. well when when i did london um it was amazing it was i was under trained i had no idea what i was doing but it was amazing it was the absolute best day it's like the biggest carnival you've ever seen but it is isn't it yeah. <laughs> it's it's just fantastic I had no idea what I was doing I kind of creamed in about mile 16 and started walking mm-hmm. and as I started walking I was walking to the mile marker I mean there was much less crowds in them days than there is now and as I got towards the mile marker there was people stood at them all they all just started going, the way he's run, woo, you're doing amazing, and all that kind of stuff. So started running again, started slowing down, and I realised that if I could see the mile marker, I could walk to the mile marker, and everybody as I crossed it would sort of cheer me to start running again. Yep. So it just, it was like that for the last few miles, and it was, yeah, London's, that was, that was such an amazing experience. But if you're not a proper runner or you're just sort of a bit of a, you know, not giving it everything, I think that once you've done the London Marathon, you almost feel like you've completed running. You've done it. You've like a finished. video game. game, game. You, yeah. you, you got to the last level, you finished it. <laughs> you've done peak running. That's it. You've done the London Marathon. What else is there? And, mm. yeah, that was me. <laughs> I've, I've hung up the running shoes and, and barely ran for years. It's, it's and, um, amazing though, that you did that on just those two runs, um, two runs each week, and you managed a time of, of four hours nineteen, which is brilliant. Um, it's a good, really, really good achievement. And and never use the phrase proper runner because we're all runners, Louise. <laughs> it doesn't matter how how long you take, and um, we're all doing the distance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I say about proper runners, that was my next race. That was the most ridiculous thing because we decided to sign up, my, me and my sister, to do the Paris Marathon. Mm-hmm. In order to prepare for it, she convinced me to sign up to something called the Bingo Race. Oh, you know, I, I, you know, I'd never heard of this. I, I think I'd, somebody had <laughs> mentioned it before when I thought, oh, what, what is that? But when I looked into it um, for this podcast, I was like, wow, this sounds really good fun. It, it was. It was probably the best, one of the best things I've ever done. It was absolutely mental, but that was full of actual, genuine, proper, serious, dedicated ultra runners <laughs> and me and my sister who just didn't run at all. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. The, the contrast was outstanding. You know, we turned up on the day and they've got all these proper gels and proper kit and they're all really serious. And we've got like five kids three dogs husbands picnic blankets and baskets <laughs> you you were you were in it for the relay yeah yeah i can i can i can get that how that's it, but it's it's really um it's quite kind of off-putting when you see all these people around with all this all these like fancy gear and these skin tights and all these kind of like fancy shoes and and like you say backpacks and stuff it must be like really really strange at first so i, I can remember feeling the same way 
honestly, we were so out of place that it was just funny. But mm. everybody, every single other runner, they may have looked a little bit out of our league. But once you started running with them, they weren't. Everybody was so friendly. Everybody was so nice. That's great. Um, it's, it's, I'll, I'll just explain to people who don't know about it. You basically, you turn up, you get given a bib that's got three numbers on it and a bag of 49 balls. Mm-hmm. And you do one 2.2 mile loop and draw a ball out of the bag. And if it's one of the numbers that's on your on your bib, you get to cross it off. If it's not, you keep running. Basically, you just keep running until you've crossed off all the numbers on your bib, get to shout bingo, and you've won. <laughs> if you're the person who's crossed them all off first. So if you're so really got... lucky, you could you could you could finish quickly. And if you're not, you could just run forever without crossing a number off. Yeah, a lot okay. a lot of people just ran forever. Um, wow. it, it, it's, it's a really weird one because it's not even like, you know, some of the other lapped races where at least you turn up and you've got an idea of what you're doing. On this one, you've got no idea how far you're going to run or how long you're going to be out there. Wow. Um, but it, it was so funny. It was so much fun. And obviously all the other runners were doing it individually. We were doing it as a relay. And everybody spreads out and everybody just wants someone to talk to a different face, a different story because they've been running all day. So, yeah, so it was it was really, really it was really nice. Yeah. All these elites are not as snobby and standoffish as they may look. (laughs) (laughs) No, that sounds brilliant. And yeah, I'd I'd love to go and check that race out sometime. So I'd love to go over there and do something like that. It it, it looks really good fun. But but did it um, did it did it prepare you well for for Paris and and. Paris is, is a is a, is a is a question I've really waited to ask you because it was such a funny story, and maybe you can tell tell everyone about it because it it made me giggle and also feel for you as well at the same time. <laughs> Paris, we uh, we trained for it properly. I had a proper training plan. I was taking gels. I had a proper running watch. I was I was literally already and same my sister. We were both felt good we both wanted this to be a sub four hour marathon and we both thought we'd done enough to get a sub four hour marathon um this was going to be her first one um now she still lives in Bradford I was in Portsmouth so we were both flying out and meeting in Paris um at the expo however the morning of the flight my flight took off I landed got to the expo phoned my sister to see you know where she was her flight hadn't left Bradford oh um, and they just, there were strikes in Paris or something and thinking they weren't when we came through. But um, yeah, so she, she was delayed for hours and that meant I was stuck at the expo for hours. And, you know, if you know an expo, it's just, it's not somewhere you want to wait. It's no seats. There's nothing to do. It's literally go through, get your number and please buy some kit. It's not an ideal it's not a waiting room. It's not a cafe. There's, n- there's nothing nice about it. Not um, but all day it was, a, I'd phone a, yeah, we're going to take off in half an hour. Then I'd get the phone call. We've been delayed again. Eventually they did set off. She did land in Paris, got to Paris, discovered that there was a baggage handler strike and oh. they weren't unloading her plane and all her running kit was in her hold baggage. She travelled in a little summer dress and flip flops. Oh gosh! 
Um, so she waited around at the airport as long as she possibly could, waiting to see if they were going to unload the baggage. Um, and then obviously at a certain point she had to get to the expo because that closed. Mm-hmm. She got there. Um, we got to our hotel. We went out for some food. It was really, really late. It was about 10 o'clock at night by the time we were eating, which is really late the night before a marathon to be eating. Got back to the hotel room, still no sign of her bags. Um, and so that point, I mean, we're in Paris. We don't know anybody. There's no shops going to be open on a Sunday morning. She's running a first marathon and she's literally got a pair of flip-flops with her. Um, so do you know Runner's World? Yes. They've got some forums on there and their chat rooms. This is sort of before Facebook and Instagram were quite big. Um, mm-hmm. They used to have a Paris Marathon online chat room on there so okay. i went on there explained you know we're stuck in paris my sister's got no running help and you know over the course of the evening i had various people phone me and say i've got a spare pair of shorts if you can meet me at this hotel in the morning you can have them or i've got a Amazing. spare pair of socks you can have them if you do da, da, da. so you know, we sort of managed to cobble together enough bits that she'd be able to run, but it was going to be chaos in the morning. And then about midnight, I got a phone call from a girl saying, I'm staying in a group house with a load of other runners and we can kit you out with absolutely everything if okay. you meet us at the Arch Triumph in the morning. It's like, oh, that'd be brilliant. Just, you know, one point of contact, one person. Perfect. So contacted everybody else, said, we're fine now, we don't need it went to the Art of Triumph in the morning to meet this girl. And they had, again, these runners are just so lovely. They had everything for her, down to a little packet of Compede, some gels, body glide. Um, incredible, wow. A vest, a T-shirt, so she could choose. They they literally kitted her out with everything. It was it was perfect. We ran off to a little coffee shop. She got changed and... And we set off and we ran, but um, what a day! <laughs> it, it was a we we didn't know. I mean, imagine <laughs> setting off to do your first marathon because it was her first, and you're walking yeah. towards the start line in a little summer dress and flip flops, and just praying that these people will be there. That's amazing. That's that's real kindness showing there. And um, did you have to give the kit back? Or not? Um, well, that was the other thing. We arranged to meet them in a coffee shop after the race for some lunch. And, you know, and I mean, that was lovely in itself. So, yeah, after the race, we went, we met up, had a pint, had some food. And everybody's just chatting about their race. You know, everybody's got something in common at that point. And it was, it was really lovely. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and after all that experience as well on the day, you um, on, the, on the flight back, you're like, right, next marathon, Yorkshire Marathon. Here we go. Well, that was because I'd, I had wanted sub four hours for that marathon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And with a combination of the eating so late, the tiredness, the, the just absolute nightmare preparation, um, I got four hours six. So I was I was certain that I could get four hours or under four hours on my next one. Um, okay. So, yes, on the flight on the way back, I signed up for Yorkshire. I was like, I'm doing it again. Yep. Um, and, and Yorkshire, I got my sub four hours. I did really well. That was a brilliant day. You smashed it, didn't you? I mean, you, you went well under four. You got three three hours 40 is what I found. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. But that's not your quickest because you've still gone even quicker at Manchester as well with a 331, which is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. smashing. That was, that was my first attempt at a sub 330. 
Okay. Um, I've got 331, which at the moment I'm really, you know, I'm pleased with that. I think that's a really Very good time for me. But at the time I was devastated. And this is oh. what I mean by everything I do is just chaos. So I signed up to do the Southampton Marathon, which was like a week later. <laughs> yep. Wow. So, yeah, I'd put everything into Manchester, I'd, literally everything. So when I turned up to do Southampton, you can imagine that that didn't go well. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, a week later, <laughs> a little bit more risk, Louise. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 I didn't, like, blow up or anything. It was just obvious from the start that I couldn't hold the pace I needed mm. to hold, so. Yeah. And I guess 3.31, as good a time as it is, if you are looking to go under, it was just one minute out. So it's uh, it must be hard to swallow. <laughs> 77 seconds. Yeah. Amazing. amazing. Well, really, really good time and, and incredible experiences as well then. And do you know what? It's a really good example of how I know at the time you said you don't have you didn't have Facebook groups and Strava groups and stuff. But now that you've got all the Facebook stuff as well and the Strava groups, um, you know, it's it's so easy to kind of jump on board those when you're in a bad situation and and get help and advice from from other runners. And I think that was just such a beautiful example of how of how kindness of others can kind of help you get through a really rough situation. So amazing, brilliant. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, weirdly, the guy who was sort of with the group of girls um, is actually a Portsmouth runner from another okay. running club. Um, he was doing a twelve marathons in 12 months thing I think at the time um but I've sort of kept in touch with him over Strava and things as well okay oh excellent that's that's really cool um like we've touched a little bit on you running some kind of ultra distance events and stuff um but I think it would be would be would I be right in saying that the end of 2016 so after these after these marathons you'd run the uh, the Winter Cross, second, which I think is the second win running, one of Phil Hoy's events. Yeah. Um, at the end of the year. So that was that was 50 kilometers. Uh, was that 50? No. Was that 50 kilometers, that one? It's Yeah, because I did the three legs. It's 45 oh, miles it's... if you do um, all four legs, or it's um, 50 That's kilometers right. if you do three. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for that. Yeah, cool. So that was a 50k distance. And 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 how did it go like compared to, to this kind of road running experiences that you'd, you'd had like a lot of um, up to that point? I loved it. It was honestly, it was the absolute best day. Mm. It was, you know, when you're running trail running and it's all crisp and frosty and it all just looks you know, the, the land and everything just looks so perfect and clean and it was it was beautiful. And I don't know if you've ever done that race or you've seen the route for that race. I haven't been it's, there yet. I, I do want to go, but I haven't, I haven't done it yet. Well, it's literally just four out and backs. Okay. So once you've done your first, well, once you're about four miles in, you're just seeing other runners coming the other way constantly for the remainder of the race. And so it's, it, it was just, it was so friendly. And the route is the Meon Valley and up on the South Downs and, you know, around by the Sustainability Centre. So it's beautiful anyway. But mm. you've got everybody who's just sort of full of Christmas podge and Christmas cheer. So nobody's sort of taking it particularly seriously. Everybody's just trying to blow off a bit of, um, you know, get rid of a few calories and yeah. <laughs> try and get themselves back before the new year and it just it's just it's got such a good vibe such a good atmosphere and it's just you know it's it's such a lovely lovely race 
Oh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then, um, yeah. Okay. And then off, and I guess after that, cause there's, a, there's a really good kind of sequence of how you attack these, these kind of distances is that you went, you know, clearly through the 50K first, and then you did your first um, 50 miler after that. And you also did quite a few of the, in fact, I think you did all of the race to the, is it race to the something? Are they all part of yeah. the same series? Yeah, it's part of the threshold series. Okay. So someone that went across had told me um, about race to the stones. And so I'd started looking at that and thinking, no, I'll maybe do that one year. But looking at the website, I saw that they've also got race to the kings, which is near it's um it's from where's it even from i think it's from arundel to winchester, winchester that's right yeah yeah so it's you know it's relatively local to me and mm. it's it's shorter than race to the stones it's 53 miles so i started looking at that and i was thinking oh, i could do that one day and then i won a place for it on the running heroes app <laughs> oh brilliant that's good i, I, I used those for a while and, and won a few, few pairs of socks but that's a, that's a really good prize yeah, the, the prizes seem to have dwindled. They used to have better prizes on there. But, um, and, I mean, to be honest, I don't know how many people would have I've won it with eight weeks to go. So I don't know how many other people would particularly have wanted to win a place to an ultra that you haven't really got time to train for. <laughs> <laughs> However, I, well, I did have a marathon in the interim and the marathon distance is the longest training run that those plans recommend so you know it wasn't like I had eight weeks I'd you know extended on yeah. um so yeah so I, I did race to the kings and again I'm going to tell you that that's the best race I've done and it was so beautiful I say this about <laughs> literally all of them <laughs> I, so <laughs> I, 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 again it was it was the best day I loved race to the kings the views are amazing the south dam's way is amazing and those kind of races are just so friendly. Yeah, they really Everybody are. knows they're going to be out there all day. So everybody's open to chatting. No, anybody that's in a group is more than willing to break off from the group and chat to someone else because, you mm. know, there's only so many stories people have got <laughs> that are going to last over the, the whole day on the trail. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. And then finishing at Winchester Cathedral, running, you know, running straight towards it, that's got to be the most iconic, amazing finish in life. Brilliant. Fantastic. Oh, I'm, I'm really pleased that you kind of like, you got such good experiences out of these, out of these events. It's amazing. Um, and you had no, um, no kind of um, tough moments along the route. Did you have, did you have any like nutrition issues or anything? Or did you just take it nice and steady and, and continue to eat through the day? Oh no, not with Race to the Kings. I didn't. I had no idea. <laughs> um, I again, I, I didn't. I stopped taking gels after Paris Marathon because it felt quite sick. So I was just eating flapjacks and really randomly drinking Dioralite um, <laughs> rather than anything else. And about halfway through, I started feeling sick, and then I started feeling sicker, and then I just decided inexplicably that stopping eating and only drinking water would be the what got me to the finish and it actually was what got me to the finish okay great it, yeah. it, it stopped all the nausea and then everything mm. I don't I think it was I don't think that would have got me much further than it did um but yeah so no I didn't really know that much about nutrition but I think if I'd been out a few hours longer than I was I would probably have needed to yeah. um no, yeah I think I've probably got a much better 
understanding of how much I need to eat mm. now and I've yeah. definitely got it sort of managed better I mean I'm well aware that tailwind is better than diorolite these days <laughs> well it's whatever you can find really that works for you and um and just when you think you found the right solution it all changes again so uh it's a uh, it's a difficult thing that you just kind of get by or you know with experience really um is, is the best way but no that's great and you and you obviously last year were training for your first 100 mile event which was my favorite race of all time the south downs way 100 which is just yeah. a brilliant brilliant race i mean i'm i'm really excited for you that you're going to kind of hopefully get to do it this year is that right yeah well i'm down to do it in june again so fingers okay. crossed I've, i mean i trained I, I trained for it for june last year um and i sort of felt ready and then it got cancelled for covid mm. um so i retrained for it again because it was supposed to be in november and when it came round in november i i definitely felt ready I was so much more confident I you know I'd done so many more longer runs I felt my nutrition was nailed I was yeah. I was there I was mentally in the zone I had my paces we'd had our little team talks and everything we were ready to go um, and then unfortunately that got cancelled with a week to go cancelled, yeah. a week beforehand yeah you know what there's there's one positive to come out of this and that is that obviously if this this year is all okay and june comes around and it's good it's a much better time of year to do it so well i'm thinking that you know i was sort of ready in june then i was definitely ready in november so i'm mm. hoping that that will carry on and i'll be even more ready Come. absolutely it's all experience yeah. it's all experience and it all goes, yeah it all goes into you know future races and stuff so you you know you take that you take that training with you for sure yeah i mean i've done more runs on the south downs now so i'm sort of a bit more comfortable with the route and mm. yeah it, oh, i mean fingers crossed it'll happen yeah. i've lost my pace though because unfortunately she's running it this year as well ah right okay well there you go you run together <laughs> <laughs> No, she's a hell of a lot faster than me. <laughs> your, your permanent, your permanent pace of it. <laughs> oh, brilliant! It's it's such a good route, you know. I can I, I can't I can only say good things about it, and especially with the, with it being a Centurion event, which which get mentioned a lot on this podcast. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're in the south, and they do a lot of events down here. They do look after their runners, and yeah, it's going to be a fantastic experience, no matter what happens. So uh, yeah, just uh, wish you all the best for that, and I'll be following very very closely this year when you uh, when you run that. In fact, I think I'm I may be down for some pacing there myself this year, so I may even see you on the day, which would be good. It depends who you're pacing, doesn't it? <laughs> really, well, you yeah, may be true. absolutely hours and hours ahead of me. These well, things I'll, definitely spread out. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping maybe to drive the, the runner that I'll be pacing later to the start. So I may may um, be walking around there for a bit as well. So I'll definitely look out for you. Now, Louise, listen, just I, I don't want to take all your all your time away from the day because I'm sure you've got things to do and stuff. But, it, you know, I just wanted to say that it's been really, really great to follow you on Strava and Instagram. And, and I think you're your passion for the running and the enjoyment you, you seem to get out of it is, is really apparent through those posts and those runs that you do. Um, but just, you know, what other goals apart from the South Downs Way 100 ha have you got and, and you're thinking of doing this year or in the near future? Well, I'm hopeful. I'm not hopeful. I would like to get a 3.30 marathon this year. Okay. Um, I'm down to do Richmond. I've just restarted training for Richmond this week. Okay. Um, but it's it's March the 27th so I think it's really unlikely that it will happen 
but okay. I'm I'm still going to train for it like it's going to, and hopefully one yeah. day. If not, maybe I can try again in the autumn. Absolutely, we'll Just see. Keep, yeah, keep going because, like I said earlier, that all that training that you do goes into the experience for future races. So you know, definitely keep it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's my sort of my two main goals for the year. One is the South Downs Way and one is the 330 Marathon. Excellent. Well, I wish you all, all the best with those. And and is there any advice you, you, you could give any runners out there, especially maybe people who, who are looking to maybe try trail running like you did after after all your road experiences or maybe people who are wanting to try some ultras or or maybe even people who have like moved to new locations and, and you know, maybe look, thinking about joining a running club? I would say about joining a running club is just do it yeah. and and honestly the the support and the sort of the family vibe and the feel you get from Baffins is just it's amazing um and the more people that you can know in an area especially if you're going to do races the better because you know with having the vegan running thing as well if I turn up to a race I know there's going to be at least two sets of people that are going to be looking out for and cheering me and I can look out for and cheer them it's you know i think the more people that you can know the the better um and the only advice i can find with running is just enjoy it mm. um if you're not enjoying it and you're doing road running try trail if you're not enjoying the trail try and get a bit faster on the road just find something that you love and just keep doing that i think when you've got the love for something you you have everything um, yeah is, is my advice yeah so that's really really good advice um, and, and Louise, where can people follow you on social media? Because um, you're, you're, on, you're on Instagram, like we said earlier, and I guess people can follow you on Strava as well. Yeah, I am, I'm on Instagram as Bijou Joghette, which, yeah, <laughs> if, if you can work out how to spell that, well done. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm on, Insta- I'm, I'm on Strava as Louise G with okay. a little vegan symbol. Oh, brilliant. That's great. So yeah, if you want to find out any more from, from Louise about any, any of the topics spoken, then yeah, feel free to, to get in touch. And, and I, I recommend following you, Louise, because um, yeah, you do inject a lot of joy into the running, which is great to see. Um, now, you've listened to some of the shows and, you, and as you know, I always finish with a few recovery run questions. So um, I say the recovery runs questions, but they're actually faster questions. So maybe I should remember <laughs> that at some point. You should change them to, you know, sprint. Yeah, the sp- I think I might do like in my interval questions or something. Yeah. <laughs> now, listen, you do a lot of running around Portsmouth. So the first question is, um, do you have a favorite route um, in the area? Um, my favorite route actually in Portsmouth is the marshes. I love running at the marshes. Okay. Um, my actual favorite route is the QE Park, if you can count that as Portsmouth. Yeah, I, 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 I love that. I've got one route I do in there on a Friday and it just it seals the week off and just closes it all down. And it just, yeah, it's brilliant. Lovely. Great. What shoes do you currently use for, for, for the different runs that you, that you do? I'm a Zaccone girl. I use Zaccones for everything. Okay. Pretty much. I used to have Zaccone Peregrine Sevens and I ended up just buying loads of them because they don't sell them anymore. Okay, so you've got a whole like <laughs> whole lineup waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, because they're they're the be- they're not a trail shoe, they're not a road shoe, they're a hybrid shoe. So for okay. the trails we have round here, they're perfect. Excellent. Cool. Okay, brilliant. Um, do you have uh, a favourite post-race or post-training run snack? Um, post-race is always a big dirty burger. Oh, lovely. 
yeah um post run post long run it's got to be um some alpro chocolate milk with a banana blended into it sat in a bath that's lovely <laughs> oh great <laughs> good snacks there good snacks um do you have a favorite bit of kit that you enjoy using on your runs anything in particular that's like really useful to you that you that's your go-to go-to equipment um running in portsmouth with the sea wind you absolutely need a buff. I couldn't go for a run at all in winter without a buff on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yep. not it's not hot weather, but you absolutely need something on your ears, don't you? Yeah, I, I use my buff all the time. I've got my um, Purbrook Ladies buff that I always use. I like that. <laughs> That's another amazing race, is that, the Ladies 5? Yeah, I've, I've heard good things about that race. And my um, a good friend of mine uh, runs it or, or has run it before a few times and always, always says it's brilliant. So... Yeah, no, good, good, good run. Um, what running watch do you use? Are you a, are you a Garmin user? Are you a Sunto user? Um, I've just moved on to a Polar Grit, actually, oh, okay. um, right. for purely for the South Downs way because my Garmin didn't have enough um, battery life. It'll do you like twelve hours of running, which you know I'm not going to do a twelve hour hundred mile. <laughs> so, out yeah. of interest, how many hours would the would the Polar Watch do? It says it's got 30. Okay. So that's when the cutoff is. So it wants to. Okay, so fair <laughs> enough. I'll so be racing. Be... I will be racing my watch as well as the distance. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully you'll be in. You'll be in way before then. <laughs> um, and and finally, Louise, um, can you finish off? I always give people a chance to kind of maybe say a little bit about the running community in Portsmouth um, and the surrounding area. Of course, um, is there anything that you want to add about that, um, or anything that we've that we've not touched on that you'd like to say um i think i think the running community in portsmouth is amazing um i've been a member of portsmouth joggers i've been a member of baffins i've been a member of um vegan runners and I, I don't think it matters what club you're in everybody is just or even if you're in a club everybody's just so friendly and so lovely around here mm-hmm. you know um the, the one thing i do miss massively about the Portsmouth community is the park runs uh, yes. because that you literally see everybody in society at a park run from you know tiny little kids to little old ladies it's you know I, I, I love park run and yeah I desperately miss that that's the one sort of community event that I feel we're lacking at the moment mm, okay yeah, really but outside of that, I do. I mean, I do think we've got a really strong community down here. You see it with things like the Pebble Dash race that you know Tony Conway puts on every year, and you know yep. it's not for a club; it's just for the community. It's you know this, the runners around here are lovely. Mm. You know, it's no surprise that it was a Portsmouth runner that helped us out with the kit in Paris all those years ago. There we go. Yeah, no good point. That's that's fantastic to hear. And yeah, as I always say to my guests, I. I always agree. And, and I don't think anything, anybody's mentioned anything negative about the community at all so far, um, apart from like you say, everyone missing Parkrun, which we're, we're all in the same boat with. Um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, that will come back at some point. So look forward to that one day. <laughs> Louise, listen, thanks so much. Um, it's, be, it's been fascinating. And I know that there's a lot more that we could have spoken about in terms of races um, and park run itself. I know, I know that was another topic that we could have, we could have spoken about, but obviously I want to let you go back to your day um, and just wanted to say thank you so much. And it's, I look forward to, to following your, your runs this year and how you get on with the South Downs Way 100 as well. Um, so yeah, superb. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. 
All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me.